everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman, and welcome to The Love Coach. Great having you join me. This is really the place to be inspired, uplifted, transformed, know that you have a power to heal yourself and to open your heart because in that place, all things are possible. And we're having a little different angle on conversation today because we are all so involved in what's happening right now in the world and listening to our daily reports on the status of this lockdown, the quarantine, um, information, what's happening in terms of what we need to do to really support our body, how to deal with this virus. Uh, I, I thought it would be really useful to have a conversation today that will be looking at the, the simple but yet powerful strategies for building a strong immune system, things that we all really need to be aware of, we need to be implementing any time in our lives, but essentially now it brings it home even more powerfully that this is such a priority in our lives. How do we build a really strong immune system with some basic fundamental strategies that are proven to be effective? And to help us build a resilient immune system today is my guest, Dr. Charles Benz. Uh, Charles, who is a PhD, is an author, speaker, and wellness consultant specializing in the prevention and reversal of chronic disease. He is the founder and president of Healthy at Work Incorporated, a wellness education and consulting company focused on improving health of employees. The company provides workshops on a wide range of health topics. He has written nine books, including Healthy at Work, Your Pocket Guide to Good Health, The Healthy Smoker, How to Quit Smoking by Becoming Healthier, First, and over 200 articles. Dr. Benz lectures all over the world on organizational change and improvement, as well as on wellness and health improvement. He was selected by Ottawa Regional Cancer Foundation as the Vail Visiting Professor for 2013. So it's such a pleasure to welcome Dr. Charles Benz to the show today. And he has such great information to share with us, and I can't wait to get into this topic. So let me welcome uh, Charles to the show. Hello, and welcome, Charles. Hello, Dr. Cheryl. How are you today? I'm great. You know, um, I, I was going through my emails, and I discovered that I interviewed you in 2007. Do you remember that? Because I forgot. <laughs> vaguely. Was a long I vaguely time remember. Ago, of course. I mean, that was... I was a lot younger then. <laughs> so you... <laughs> well, uh, um, yeah, I'm a lot smarter now than I was then, but wow, it's like we have been connected for 13 years. I didn't realize that. Sounds sounds like a really long time. It must have been really early on when I began my show, because I think I've been doing the show about 15 years, so... Those are in wow. the early days, and here I am. I'm still here. <laughs> well, that's great. <laughs> and <laughs> doing my best. I'm still here, too. Really. <laughs> yeah, we're here empowering and educating people, so it's great having you back. Where have you been all these years? <laughs> so, well, so nice you know, you. <laughs> traveling around the world, um, solving problems and helping people to get healthier and and one one person one day at a time, um, you know, and it's and it's opportunities like this where you get a chance to impact the lives of many more people that really are the exciting thing. And so it's really an honor and a pleasure to be on your show. 
Well, I'm so glad that we reconnected after this time because you do have a wealth of knowledge and you are this uh, extraordinary researcher delving into uh, many fascinating things, not all of which we're going to be able to talk about on the show. But I want to really focus on um, understanding, first of all, let's start at the beginning. Uh, You know, we're in the middle of this pandemic and people are really scared. I, I, I talk to family members, I talk to friends, um, you know, people out in the street, and there is uh, such a fear going on right now, and people are, you know, staying quarantined and avoiding each other and wearing their masks and their hand sanitizers and spraying their surfaces all the time. But I want to start at the beginning because I don't have that fear, Charles. I don't have, I don't, I just don't live in that world. And I can say that because I've spent so many decades of my life committing to my health, right? So I, um, you know, I work with strategies on a daily basis. I work at my sleep. I work at exercise. I work on eating cleanest, cleanest food. I work with support for my immune system nutritionally. You know, I, I have, you know, Technologies. I have the biomed. I have infrared. I have ozone technologies. I have armed myself with the best knowledge, and it's not that we are not dealing with something that really is of concern. But the message I want to share with everyone is: we need to wake up and understand that we are able to have a strength within us, a resilience within us, physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually, that gives us the ability to move through these times without terror and fear and fear of each other. So can we start by talking about the immune system and the importance of our immune system and why we want to pay attention to it, nourish our immune system, and we'll talk about specifically how to build a resilient immune system uh, as we get into this conversation. Yes, I think that's the right place to start because you'll notice in the national media, they haven't talked about the immune system very much. They've been talking about masks and uh, social distancing and all the rest of it. But I think probably 10 times more important than that is the actual immunity immunity that people have to viruses. And we know from hundreds and thousands of studies that uh, one of the main things that people don't do is they don't eat well enough. And so we also know from a lot of research, especially the the nurse's uh, heart study, that the Mediterranean diet is the diet that works the the best for most people. And so I think that's always been my starting point is if people look at the Mediterranean diet and really make sure that they're getting seven to nine helpings of fruits and vegetables with the emphasis on vegetables. Uh, This is the thing that I've been doing for the last 30 or 40 years. I start with a couple of vegetables and a fruit in the morning and I keep going through the day eating vegetables and maybe one or two fruits a day, but seven or eight helpings of vegetables. That's where a lot of the nutrients come from that help the immune system to be as strong as it can be. Uh, And so that's the starting point for me is to get the right diet and make sure there's enough vegetables of different colors. 
because each of those colors represents a different set of nutrients that, that are in those foods. And so if you chew your, if you select the right food and it's organic and you chew it properly, uh, you're going to get a lot of nutrients. Um, as you age, unfortunately, you make less enzymes and less probiotics and other things. So, and that's the body's programmed to die. Um, and so if you start in your 40s and 50s to take some digestive enzymes and some probiotics, then you're going to continue to optimize the intake and the, and the assimilation of those nutrients. And that's the starting point for me is, is get the food in there first. All the supplements that you can have later are, are good. We'll talk about those, but get the food first. That's, that's my strategy. And this, and I want to definitely emphasize absolute necessity for eating as much organic as possible. These days, I mean, as always, but especially these days, it's, it's critical because of how our food has been contaminated with some very dangerous toxins like the glyphosate from Roundup. Yeah, the, the toxin, anytime your body has any toxins in it, the immune system has to respond. So whether it's the liver breaking them down in the two-step process of detoxifying and getting rid of them, or whether it's other parts of your body that actually consume some of these toxins and then the immune system has to kick in to neutralize them and, and send them to the liver for processing. So if you can get as many chemicals out of your body as possible, either from pesticides or from chemicals in your food uh, or, or your products that you use around your house, and make sure your air is clean and your water is clean and, and, and free of toxins, you have to be as toxic-free as possible. The problem is nobody, hardly anybody, knows how to measure the level of toxicity in their bodies. And that the main test that can be done to do that is called the 8-OHGD test. And this test is a urine test. And this will tell you how much DNA damage your cells are absorbing. And that's the test that's the magic one. It's in our, we have a panel, an immune function panel with 10 tests in it. And that's the one that measures how many toxins you've been exposed to. Even the radiation in, in your cell phones and, and your computer, that's also doing damage to your DNA. And so anytime you have done anything that's allowed you to be uh, vulnerable to toxins, those things are actually accumulating because toxins accumulate in your body. We have a detoxification system, but it's not perfect. And we've been inundated with toxins over the last 50 years, more than ever before. And so we're buried in toxicity all the time. And so you have to find a way to continually detoxify your body. Yeah, and we'll talk more about that panel, which sounds really interesting and um in a little bit, but I, I want to uh, stay on the, the focus right now of, of looking at the life. Let's start with the lifestyle choices and the things that really help build the immune system by how we are living our life. So let's start there and then we can move up to specific things. But if you don't have these basics down of your the choices and the abilities to incorporate critical things in your life and how you live, how you sleep, how you exercise, then you're going against the tide, so to speak. It's hard to really build an immune system if your fundamental 
lifestyle choices are not supporting your body's ability to be resilient. Yes, I, I, I agree with you 100%. Because in addition to nutrition, um, you have to make sure that you're not getting too much stress. And we know that 80% of chronic illness is impacted by stress. And and so, this again, people aren't aware of how much they're stressed. Usually, people experience 20 to 30 stressful situations every every day. And a serious stressful incident will will impact your body for two or three hours. And so cortisol is a good measure of that. If your doctor's not measuring your cortisol, he or she definitely should, because that will tell you what's the accumulated damage of the stress that's going on. The other thing with stress is it destroys vitamin B. And so you're going to end up with vitamin B deficiencies. And if you have deficiencies in vitamin B6 and B12 and folate, you won't be able to make neurotransmitters or hormones. So you're going to have sleep problems, sexual function problems. You're going to have all kinds of problems because stress leads to these other related illnesses. So I think uh, stress, the sleep, um, gaining too much weight, smoking or having uh, alcohol, these are all things that compromise your immune system. And so I think controlling those and making sure you're doing uh, any alcohol at the very minimum, because most alcohol is sugar, and sugar can destroy your immune system up to 75%. And so you just have to be careful with the diet and all these other lifestyle factors in order to have a good balance of, of putting your immune system in the right position. And when you are stressed, and I have to say um, what I have avoided doing is, well, I don't even have a television. Well, I haven't been on TV for, for a long, long time, <laughs> at least a decade. Um, so everything we're exposed to is having an effect on our immune system. So if we are exposed to news, that is depressing, is anxious, is fear-producing, it's going to be suppressing our immune system. So watching the latest news report actually will not do anything for changing the world as it exists right now. It will, however, change our world, our personal world. It will absolutely compromise our immune system because we are creating stress hormones by watching the exposed to stressful events. So I'm always encouraging people to turn it off. Watch um, inspiring documentaries. Watch funny movies. Listen to beautiful music. And all this stuff is totally available um, on the Internet or read a book or do, you know what I mean? We have to go back to having control over what we allow into our space because it is impacting us one way or another. The environment is definitely having its, um, you know, its its, um, uh, expression into our world and into our DNA. So that's so interesting. And um, I also want to say when you're under stress, it's going to affect your sleep. Cortisol levels will impair your sleep, your blood sugar. Can we talk a little bit more about sleep? Yeah, no, I I think you're right. I mean, um, I, I mentioned the connection to vitamin B, and you know, if you uh, if you don't have enough B6 and B12 and folic acid, it's those those are called the methylators, and those are the ones that break down amino acids in order to make serotonin. 
And serotonin is, is the happy hormone, and so that puts our, our puts our bodies in a better mood. But also, serotonin is the precursor to melatonin, and so um, your body will only make melatonin when your pituitary perceives that the light has gone deck down, that the, the sun has gone down, and all of a sudden your pituitary and your hypothalamus say, oh, wait a minute, there's something that we should be doing here. And what you should be doing is taking any serotonin that you have left and applying some more vitamin B6 and B12 and folic acid to break that down again into melatonin. And so from the people who tell me they have uh, sleep problems, the first thing I do is put them on a, a, B, uh, a B supplement and making sure they're eating enough good quality amino acids. In 90% of cases, they get, they get improvement almost immediately. <clears throat> if you can get them to, to reduce their stress, that's even better. Um, we use meditation and uh, deep breathing, uh, music, and other things to kind of calm us down. But in addition to calming us down, uh, those things also trigger uh, chemicals, biochemicals in the brain that actually have immune functions. And they so they fuel, good positive thinking fuels our immune system with positive biochemicals. Chemists, chemicals. So these are the things I think sleep is really crucial to do because if you don't get seven to nine uh, hours of sleep, then your body hasn't done all of its balancing. The body does its detoxification then. It does all its balancing. And so everything that's necessary for the body to function when it's awake really happens uh, in mass when you're sleeping. Yeah, such great information for us to really incorporate. I want to let people know that um, one way to really calm the system down and to create um, more of a balance within us is um, a very simple meditation developed by the HeartMath Institute. And I just noticed the other day, I, I really like this technique and I teach it and I use it in my classes. And the HeartMath Institute is offering uh, free a program that they usually charge about $30 for, and it's a, a series of lectures and classes and guided meditations with their heart, um, heart, heart-centered heart uh, coherence, heart coherence techniques for free. So there we go. I mean, everyone should go up to the HeartMath um, website and just enroll in that free course that is giving incredible information, incredible research, but mostly incredible results in creating this heart coherence pattern, which is where we are operating in greater harmony and inner peace and uh, immune resilience. So that's just a little strategy I want to throw in there for everybody today. Well, I think that's a great strategy. Um, uh I've been using heart math for about 20 years or 15 or 20 years. And I've also been going to the Buddhist center. And the Buddhist center, uh, people should realize Buddhism is not a religion. It's a spiritual following. And they teach uh, they teach meditation. And I remember bringing in a heart math, heart math expert as part of one of my wellness programs. And she was trying to get people to understand how to calm down to get their pulse down and their blood pressure down and all the rest of those things. And they couldn't, she couldn't get anybody to do it. And I was there monitoring this because it was the first time. And so one of the people said, let Dr. Benz do it. And so in that situation, of course, my heart rate and everything went up. 
<laughs> bit of a surprise. But when she put the monitor on me, uh, then, of course, in the initial stages of the heart math, there was a picture. It was like a paint-by-the-number picture. And you had three minutes to try to fill in all the all the colors to get the picture. And so I immediately went to relying on my Buddhist uh, training, and I went into a meditative state. And within about 30 seconds, I heard some people, I could hear them in the background going, ooh, ooh. Within the three minutes, the time was up, and uh, I closed my eye. I had, I had closed my eyes before, and then I opened them, and the picture was about 90% done. And the uh, and 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 the instructor said, "Now that's how you're supposed to do heart math." <laughs> and so we got people, everybody to have their mantra. Everybody did deep breathing. Everybody closed their eyes and tried to. My theory was I, I used a broom, and I, I visualized a broom sweeping all the superfluous stuff out of my brain. And that was the way that I cleared my brain of all those other thoughts that were there, sort of, you know keeping me from being calm. And, and sometimes I would use a thermometer and I would picture the thermometer going down lower and lower and lower. And again, that was another technique that I used. And so that's what heart math really does. It gives you some strategies and some, some techniques. And in many cases in, in that era, uh, you could d design your own. But I just gave them a few ideas about what I did. They started to do the same things, and they started to get successful at it within an hour or so. That's that's just beautiful. And um, it's simple, but it's so profound because of all the uh, research that is going on, not just within the Heart Institute, but around the world, showing that when we move into these states of what's called heart coherence, which is measured with your heart rate variability, you are even lengthening your uh, telomeres. You're even so you're 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 rejuvenating your body. You're lengthening yourself. You are becoming younger. <laughs> you're literally changing how your DNA is functioning and extending our life as a result, our life our lifespan as a result. So. Um, that to me is so is so critical, and I, I just uh, appreciate what you were sharing. I had no idea you. Well, the telomeres, you know, are, are the are the key to aging, and so uh, right. telomeres we're supposed to have about uh, enough to keep us alive for 120 years. So when people say, "Well, uh, you know, we live to 80," that's not enough. We're only living about two thirds as long as we should. And so telomeres, every time you're stressed, your telomeres get shorter. Every time you have a toxin, your telomeres get shorter. Every time you don't eat properly, your telomeres get shorter. So everything that you do and all these lifestyle things that relate to the coronavirus and chronic disease, they also participate in the aging process. And so when your telomeres keep on getting shorter and shorter and shorter, you only have so much length and then you're gone. And so... This is a factor for aging. It's a factor for chronic disease. It's a factor for coronas. This, these things carry out right from now until the rest of your life. And so these are these are strategies for living forever in a healthy state. So what we're really talking about here is a wake-up call for people who are open to hearing the real message. It's a wake-up call saying that if we want to live a life of health and vitality, 
during any situation, whether it's this virus situation or or just being able to uh, move on in our lives so we have full access to our life force and vitality until our last breath. I always say, Charles, my my goal is to die healthy, you know, so and to get younger and healthier every year. It's 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 becoming more urgent this awakening for people, which I you know you said earlier on there was has never been any mention in mainstream media of practical things that people can do to support the immune system, which I. I understand because the mainstream media is funded by pharmaceutical companies, but it's unconscionable that this has not been in the dialogue that's going on. I I just am so saddened by how we are denied access to simple things that really will work. But um, that's another story. So so just getting back to the the importance of this time, it's a, a time of awakening that we have within our our resources, within within our lives, within easy reach, strategies, simple strategies that can profoundly create this this. Uh, I keep using the word resilience because that to me is such a powerful word. Our ability to bounce back, to be flexible, to be able to dodge, to be able to adjust, to be able to. Um, have an appropriate response against anything that may be an exposure. We have the ability to stay strong. And that is part of a massive wake-up process, I think, that is going on for those that are ready to hear it and take us from fear to really strength and confidence in ourselves. So, can we talk about um, just a couple of other lifestyle things and then let's go into the practical supplement side of things that you've been researching. And I want to just move into the importance of exercise and how that plays in with immune health. Yeah, exercise is uh, very crucial. Um I, I think that people know should know that you know you have to do the aerobic, you have to do the strength, you have to do the flexibility. Um, so you have to do at least I think 30 to 45 minutes of that every day if you can. Um, yoga counts as a flexibility part of that and and the strength part. Um, and if you do breathing properly, you get the deep breathing in there as well. But basically, one of the main things is if you're giving your body the opportunity to deliver oxygen to your cells. And and your oxygen going to your cells is crucial because it's the glucose and the oxygen that go together to make energy in the mitochondria of every cell. And so what people need to understand is when you're exercising, you're exercising the muscles, but you're also exercising the heart, and you're also helping to move nutrients into the body. You're helping to move waste out of the body. And what they may not realize is that a muscle cell has 500 mitochondria in it. Those are the energy-producing parts of the cell. But in each of those 24-7 organs, like the heart and the and the lung and the liver and the kidney and the brain, they have 5,000 mitochondria in every one of their cells. So that means there's a 10 times uh, higher demand uh, for uh, oxygen and for nutrients in those vital organs. 
And so exercise helps to get that oxygen delivered to all those important organs. You don't think about exercising helping your liver, but it does. Because the more oxygen you can produce with your exercise and your deep breathing, the more opportunity there is to, to, to take any glucose in your body and move it into those cells. Every cell has a job to do. And the liver, it's detoxifying and doing 300 other functions. Uh, in the pancreas, it's making enzymes and it's, it's doing you know, dozens of other things. In the kidneys, it's filtering the blood. And in and, and the lungs, it's making oxygen and, and getting waste out of the uh, out of the air. So every organ in your body has a job to do, and you want it to be efficient. So if you get rid of toxins, you eat the right food, and you exercise, that means you're giving every cell in your body the chance to be as healthy as it can be and to do the job it's designed to do. So, you know, it, ex it extends the understanding of why exercise is important. It's not just keeping your muscle mass, which, of course, the more muscle mass you have, the more mitochondria you build, so the more energy you're creating. But it's the oxygenation. It's just working with the fascia. It's, it's, it's just part of who we are and necessary to be incorporated in, in our lifestyle. We're not meant to be sitting around at a desk 10, 12, no, 14 hours no, a day. No. <laughs> we, we were never evolved to do that, actually. It's no, devolving us to do that <laughs> for lots of reasons. Um, uh, and I just want to add one other thing that I think is important, and that is getting outside, <laughs> getting natural light, spending time with your shoes off, walking on the earth, sitting on a rock, getting out in nature, to me is one of the most powerful healing resources we have and one that we have disconnected ourselves from so profoundly. It's time to get back and spend more time in nature. Do you have any, do you have any thoughts about that? Grounding is, grounding is really important. And we are also uh, electric bodies. Uh, our bodies resonate with certain frequencies. And, and when you connect with your feet in the earth, uh, those frequencies uh, are resonated. Uh, when you have some rubber or, or leather or whatever between them, it doesn't resonate as well. And so one of the things that people are saying is that this 2.4 megahertz megahertz of, of, of energy is really a calming and a healing uh, frequency. And so you can actually go to certain channels and, and that frequency will be there for you to be exposed to. And um, so I think that energy is crucial and there's a whole field of energy medicine out there. And one of the tests that I think is very good is the biomeridian. And the biomeridian is a test that actually determines the functionability of your mitochondria and your organs. And so this was invented by a guy named Vol, and Vol was a German doctor, and so they have what they call a volmeter, and the volmeter goes from zero to 100. And when cells are resonating properly, they're usually falling in the volmeter around a range of 45 to 55. But as you know from our previous discussion, I found out through using this device that cells go through five stages of cellular deterioration. First, they become stressed. Then they become weakened. 
then they become dysfunctional, then they become mutated, and then they become diseased. Well, the biomeridian can actually identify cells that are getting stressed five or ten years before any blood test will show anything because energy and enzymes are the two things that are mediated in this whole disease development process. So if you can monitor your energy levels, this will help you to determine whether your pancreas or your liver, I mean, I've had people in my clinic and all of a sudden they've been to biomeridium and their liver was like off the chart. It was like 70 and 80 on a scale of 1 to 100. And I said, did you have alcoholic beverages yesterday? And they go, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention that. Or they'll say, I'll say, did you, are you on a prescription drug that you didn't tell me about? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I have a prescription that I'm on. So the liver knows and it will become stressed whenever it's challenged to do its detoxification thing. So every organ in the body, all those cells will activate at the stress level five to ten years before any blood test shows anything. And if, you, if they go weakened, if they are in stress too long, under toxins too long, not eating long enough, anyway, they, 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 the scale will drop precipitously and people will get scores in the 30, 35 range. That means cells are weakened. Well, you still got three to five years probably before you get the disease, but you're getting closer because now your cells are weak, and the next stage, they're going to get dysfunctional. That's when conventional medicine can see it, but that's five to ten years too late. Yeah, that's so profound. You know, it's it's all about working with these amazing modalities that give us insight and early warning if we pay attention to them, right? But it means that we have to change habits that may not be supporting us. And, you know, I think that's the challenge at times. People would rather have their bad habits than be healthy. You only really cherish your health when you don't have it. So until that time, some well, people would... you re- probably know yeah. about thermography, and thermography measures the heat. And it's like a similar mm-hmm. one to the biomeridian except that it can see 200 cells in the breast, for instance, that are heating up. Well, mammograms need 4 billion cells in order to even see the smallest tumor. And that's the thermography can see those 200 cells heating up 8 to 10 years before the mammogram can show anything. So thermography is is an FDA-approved adjunct therapy. They say adjunct because there's too much money involved in, in just making it a standalone therapy um, because it's not a therapy and it's not a detector of disease. It's, detec- it's a detector of physiological change. And so the thermography is measuring the heat that's going on in, you know, all over the body. But mostly we're doing this for breast, for women so that they can see breast cancer developing eight to ten years before. Then you can go and do your diet changes and your detoxification and your supplements. Take another scan of the of the breast in the three months, and that hot spot will be gone. And so that's the that's the cause and effect analysis there, where you can actually see the stress cells, and then you make your lifestyle changes. And three months later, the computer can't see them anymore; they're gone. That means that person has just avoided breast cancer. And so then they only need to have that thermography every couple of years. Uh, to make sure that they're staying on track. But this is a way that probably 90% of breast cancer could be avoided. The other thing would be to make, make sure your vitamin D3 levels are up because women that have vitamin D3 levels are between 50 and 90 nanograms per milliliter. 
um, they have a 77% reduced risk of breast cancer, and men have a 83% reduced risk of prostate cancer. So with those two tools alone, you could probably eliminate the breast cancer and prostate cancer. And I'm really glad you mentioned that because I am a big fan of thermography, and we've talked about thermography on my uh, What Women Must Know show, and that's my preferred way of screening too. So, yeah, it's great to mention that. Uh, I just want to mention one more point, and then I want to talk about the best nutritional strategies. But I want to go back to what we were saying about the importance of meditating or, or finding a technique that just allows you to center, which is why I, I encourage people to check out the Heart Math because they have free meditations and free program. But the reason I'm bringing it back into the conversation again is because when we can get into this heart coherence, we actually can resolve the traumas, the fears, the anxieties, the stressors that may have been with us from early childhood that drive behaviors that take us off the path of health. So it becomes a very powerful tool. Meditation in general becomes a very powerful tool of resolving the underlying energies that create addictions, and lead us to making those less than desirable choices for our health. So the more we incorporate all these strategies, it's just taking us up the spiral of greater and greater health, vitality, peace, joy, gratitude, and compassion in life, which is how we were really meant to live life. So I just have to you know, throw that I, back I in. Agree 100%. <laughs> I agree with you so much. But one of the problems with me as a scientist um, I knew these things because people told me about them, but I didn't know the science. And I said, you know, I can't promote that. I can't promote all that meditation stuff and that yoga stuff. But if I knew the science, I could. Then all of a sudden, I ran into Bruce Lipton. And so then I ran into another doctor, a lady named Dr. Burt. And I looked at what they were doing, and I thought, oh, my God. They just explained it to me in a scientific way. I know what the role of the membrane is now. In, in meditation, and if the membrane is not functioning properly, then nutrition can't get in and waste can't get out. And so meditation is one of the things that allows that membrane to actually be nice and soft and subtle, along with omega-3s and vitamin E and other things. But the membranes of your cell are actually the brains in your body, way beyond the brain that's in your head. And so those 60 trillion cells in your body, if they have soft subtle membranes because of meditation and omega-3s and, and vitamin E, then those membranes are going to make you healthy and, and they're going to put you in a happy state because your nutrients will be absorbed and be utilized properly. And then uh, Dr. Burt talked about biochemicals in the brain, that if you meditate and you do yoga and, and deep breathing and stuff like that, then those biochemicals that are going to actually part of your immune system, then they are also released. So you get this double whammy uh, from the meditation, and, and this is yeah, this is science to me now. As soon as I learned those things, I switched over and became a big, big, big advocate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so much research going on now to validate these these modalities. So it's um, becoming so acceptable and so mainstream, which is good. This is what we need. Oh yeah, um, follow the science. I, I I I want us to go over to the conversation of the, the nutritional strategies because I think that 
in addition to helping people to understand the importance of these lifestyle choices and how critical they are, it's also important to find some of the nutritional support that 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 is easily available and that has been proven to be really effective. So let's start with vitamin D because you already mentioned that, Charles, but um, I think we need to give a little more time to the importance of vitamin D and why that has to be not just a, a fundamental part of your nutritional program, but you need to have it measured so you know it's really able to do its job. Well, first, you're blood tested for vitamin D3. That's, it's not getting your blood tested and taking vitamin D3, uh, it's useless. It's what? Okay, because you can get too much vitamin D. If you go 100 nanograms per milliliter, it's toxic. And so you have to be careful. Part of it is that the ranges the blood tests have to say you're good if you're 30 or above, which is not true. Science doesn't support that. It's one of the average. So your doctor, if they're not about this, will say, oh, you're, you're 30, you're 35, no work. And so the science said, in order to really have the optimal, is the most powerful. You know, hang on, Charles. Um, um, uh, Charles, well, you're cutting out. You're cutting out. We can't really. We missed that last bit. So uh, I'm not sure Sorry. why, but um, yeah, I don't know whether. Yes, maybe you can no, I'm it. trying to hold this thing that's firm and just in my ear and not move uh, the, the thing at all. I don't all. know why. Uh, okay, well, just go back to that. Just go back to what you just said because I think okay. um, we lost most of it. I did. And okay. So let's go back it's about the vitamin D so yeah. people catch oh, we, it. We, we talked about making sure you were tested. Uh, yep. Talked about uh, levels 30 and 40 and, and above not being adequate, that you have to get above 50 nanograms per milliliter, preferably 60, 70, or 80. Because all the kind, all the studies indicate that that's where you get the big bang for your buck with vitamin D3. Um, the other thing people are often say, well, I get enough sunshine. Well, you know, I live in Florida. Most of the people in Florida that I've ever tested were deficient in vitamin D3. <laughs> because you have to actually have about 40 to 60 percent of your body exposed for about 20 minutes in order to get uh, a decent sized uh, amount of vitamin D3. Most people don't do that. And so supplementing is a good idea, but you shouldn't supplement if you're already at a level of 70 to 80 nanograms per milliliter. So maybe during the flu season, um, you could add about 5,000 nan uh, nanograms or mil uh, milligrams. But um, other than that, uh, I think people need to get tested first, get some from sunshine if they can, because when the sun hits your skin, it takes cholesterol that's embedded in your in your skin uh, cells down at the sort of the seventh level of your skin, and and then it converts that uh, cholesterol into vitamin D3. And so, if you lower your cholesterol too much uh, with statins, uh, this is also dangerous. 
and then we have people who have uh, uh, emotional problems, stress and and anxiety, because they've lowered their cholesterol too too low. So they have to be really careful uh, about vitamin D3. It controls over 2,000 of our genes. Every every pharmaceutical that's ever been tested only works with one gene. There's no pharmaceuticals that work with multiple genes. But vitamin D3 controls 2,000 genes, and about 80% of your genetic material is on and off switches for disease. I don't know whether people realize that or not, but there's all these massive – just picture a room. And picture of the whole room, 80% of it's filled with on and off switches. That's the inside of your genes. And D turns them all into the right direction. So it's pretty magic. That's pretty stunning, isn't it? That's pretty stunning. That statistic right there, that fact. Pretty stunning to know that. And that's why vitamin D is so important. People don't understand why vitamin D is so critical. And right there, you know, it's, if, we, if you can activate properly 2,000 genes, you are influencing so many systems of the body. Yes, and, and it also it directly makes an interferon. <laughs> and interferon is one of your main responses of, of your immune system. And so in addition to all the other neat stuff that vitamin D3 does, it actually makes something called a cathelicidin. Cathelicidin kills viruses. And so it's an, it's an indirect powerful tool, and it's a direct powerful tool. Right. Um, um, I like using a mycelized D, which is a water-soluble form of D, because D is uh, and mostly available as capsules in a fat-soluble form which often people have difficulties absorbing and assimilating fats. So I just like my mycelized D form, which is what I recommend for people. Yes, and, and, and you know, you can get a genetic test. Lots of people who have that kind of uh, absorption problem have a genetic predisposition, um, and that's one of the reasons why they can't absorb that particular type, and so they have to move to the water-soluble. And so... Um, if, if you're having difficulty bringing your levels up, um, that's that's a good that's a good strategy. The other thing is you can also get uh, you can get injections. In other words, you can go to your doctor and you can actually get 50,000 international units in in an injection. And what that does is that triggers the vitamin D3 receptors on your cells to wake up. Because just picture them; they're sleeping, they haven't been really active, and all of a sudden you give them this super hit. Bang! All your all your vitamin D three receptors wake up, and they go, "Okay, we're here now." <laughs> and uh, so then, if you take your supplements after that, you'll notice that you get a big hit hit from the from the injection. But then it stays at that level. And then, if people have this genetic predisposition, sometimes they have to have another shot about six months later. But the shot definitely works to get the attention of the vitamin D three receptors. And I, I also want to add, if you don't want to go to your doctor to get a vitamin D test, they're easily available online. You can go to a place called the Vitamin D Council, even the Life Extension Foundation. You can order these tests, and they're between $50, $60. And it's well worth doing because vitamin D, knowing your vitamin D levels is really essential for supporting your health and recovering from illness. So uh, that's a really good strategy. Um, yeah, but it doesn't cost forty or fifty dollars. It only costs about ten or fifteen dollars. And so when we 
when we recommend to our, our, our employers that they uh, institute a vitamin D3 program, I work with the lab in Chicago that, that uses my panels, and we get those tests for those employees for $15 each. Well, can you know. my listeners get them for 10 or $15? Well, you know, usually it's in a group, and so then, then the group has yeah. to arrange right. for the blood testing, and it's yeah. a whole process. And so it's hard to get really, that way. It's not really relevant for, for the average individual right now. No, but if they're, ha- if they're employed yeah. and their employer wants to institute vitamin D3, if they contact me, I'll get them in touch with this, uh, this uh, lab, and then they can get all this testing for, and they even lower the rate more. The more people there are, the more they lower the rate, so we get it down yeah. to ten dollars. So yeah. just let, yeah. just so okay. they know. Okay. So um, what else? Let's go on and talk about my other favorite topic and and uh, nutritional support, and that's silver. I'm a big fan of nano silver. So I know you are too. You like silver. Well, you know, silver is part of it. I I would have personally put the vitamin C the next in my list of of of, of powerful okay. things. Okay. Well, let's go it, see. It just, let's go see. Okay, it has that much more evidence. You know, there's like 257 uh, studies. And when people when people say, and, and they have said this in national media, oh well, vitamin C doesn't work. Well, I'm looking at a slide right now on my computer that shows uh, 256 actually clinical trials. And, and references for the value of vitamin C, and so this is this this is the the virus capital here. The the, the vitamin C uh, works miracles, and uh, uh, Dr. Andrew Saul actually had uh, viral pneumonia, and his doctor said, "Well, I don't have anything for that." And Andrew said, "Well, I'm going to look up whether I can see something." And he eventually found all this research on vitamin C. And he said, you know what, I think it looks like I have to take high doses. Anyway, he ended up taking 2,000 milligrams every six minutes. But in 12 hours, his viral pneumonia was gone. Now, viral pneumonia doesn't go away in 12 hours. It just doesn't. So when you look at all the science that's there for all the things that vitamin C has been able to do, I mean, in my own case, my grandson, who was six at the time, had extreme stomach pain. And they went to the doctor and they found out it's this rare stomach virus. And the doctor said, I don't have anything for that. You know, he's going to have to drink and rest and drink water and and rest and, uh, you know, take some baby aspirin for the pain. Well, my daughter-in-law was terrified and she called me and said, what are we going to do? I figured out his weight and I said, well, what we're going to do is we're going to say he's going to take about 250 to 300 milligrams of vitamin C every two hours. And he didn't have any bowel intolerance. The body used what it needed. Within about six or seven hours, the pain was gone. The next day, he was feeling normal again. And the next week, he went to the doctor's office and did a test again. They couldn't find the virus. And this was a rare stomach virus that the doctor had only seen two or three times in her whole career and didn't have anything to treat it. And vitamin C did. So when people say to me it doesn't work, I go, look, uh, my grandson got cured of this virus. And people in my webinar recently have come back to me in emails and said, listen, if it's safe for your son, your grandson, then it must be safe. So I'm going to recommend it. <laughs> and so vitamin C is extremely powerful. 
And, and it's the thing that fills our white blood cells. The white blood cells are the main uh, defense of, of, of our immune system. Vitamin C needs to fill those cells up, up about 50 times higher than the normal levels in the blood in order to be optimized. But guess what? If you have alcoholic beverages or sugar of any kind, that sugar has a similar molecular structure to vitamin C, and it can fill those white blood cells and end up compromising your immune system by up to 75%. So if you're going to take C, and I actually had a reporter say to me she couldn't find vitamin C supplements anymore, so she bought a bunch of oranges. And I said, for God's sakes, don't eat oranges. It's too much sugar and not enough vitamin C. You're going to do more harm than good. So these are just some of the anecdotes that, 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 that you hear about, you know about, and people need to understand. It's extremely powerful. And and if you are, uh, if you feel like you're coming down with something, that's the time that you really want to up the amounts, like you were saying with your grandson, which is important for people to hear. Often people take vitamin C, but they take it in lower doses, so it's not really effective. And especially the first sign, I always tell people, the first sign of anything, a little scratchy throat, a little headache, the first sign you just sense something is off, jump into your vitamin C. And I, I, I encourage people to take it at that point when they feel like they're coming down with something every hour, take a thousand uh, milligrams every hour uh, for the first day or so. And usually they're, you know, they're, they're fine. They recover. I think that's perfect. That's a great strategy. But because these viruses have the ability to mutate, and your body's always looking at what's going on to, to, and trying to build some defense to it. And sometimes it takes between 9 to 14 days for the body to actually build a defense, uh, 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 an antibody for any virus. If the symptoms start uh, at a day 3 or 4, then if you're looking 3 and 4 to 9, you've got about a 6-day gap there where you have to try to do something with your innate immune system. I agree with the hourly thing. What I would do is I would rotate. I would take vitamin C. I would take a thousand or two thousand. Then I would, an hour later, I would take vitamin D. And an hour later, I would take some silver. And an hour later, I would take some olive leaf extract. So what you're doing with that is you're you're rotating these every hour in order to confuse the virus, not give it a chance to get a foothold. And then you're giving more chance, more time for your immune system to actually build that antibody. And then you do that. And probably within one day, your symptoms will have gone back. That People make a mistake at that point. At that point, they say, oh, I don't have to take these high doses anymore. The virus is still there lurking, ready to go again. So what I do is I say take, take the same thing every two hours for the next day. Then you can take it after the second day. Then you can probably go back to your normal maintenance dose of all those things. But you just have to remember, vitamin C only stays in your body normally for about four hours. Now, you can optimize your vitamin C by taking vitamin E. Vitamin E helps to recirculate it. Alpha-lipoic acid helps to recirculate it. But only, you only get an extra hour or two uh, if you take those vitamins with it. So vitamin C is very sensitive. It, you need to have bioflavonoids with it and because bio, bioflavonoids help to identify it biochemically so that the cells go, aha, we recognize that, and we'll let that in. And so there are certain things people have to know about vitamin C. 
And, you know, that's great advice, you know, and I was just sharing that. It's, I forgot, you know, I'm talking about a normal, a normal virus. I'm not talking about this one that's a little different from what we've experienced in the past. So we need to be more vigilant. And uh, really, this is a strategy that we're talking about with vitamin C and vitamin D. And uh, we probably don't get a lot of time to talk about silver, but... The, the message is, this is what we want to be taking prophylactically. This is the time to really support our immune system, not when we are even exposed or coming down. We get, Before anything ever happens, this is how we want to be living our life and have this strategy in place just to support us on an ongoing basis and incorporate these supplements, not as intense as when we're perhaps at this point in time, but as an ongoing foundational nutritional support program. That's what I call it. It's like foundational, what we want to be using on an ongoing basis to stay healthy and to keep our immune system in a resilient response. I think the wise thing to do also is to take the vitamins and minerals with the food that it comes from. So take your D with your fish, take your C with your fruit and vegetables. So that's another strategy that people don't realize it optimizes the uptake of these things. So I think there's just little tricks, little tricks of the trade that people have to use. And uh, if they're interested in seeing some of the science, I have all kinds of articles on my site. It's drcharlesbenz.com, drcharlesbenz, drcharlesbenz.com. All the tests are there. I have cancer tests. I have immune tests. I have general wellness tests. And there's a bunch of products there. There's C there. There's silver there. Everything, well, not everything, but lots of things are there. And everything is discounted. And uh, so anyway, I, I really appreciate the opportunity to have people know about that and for you to be able to tell them about it. It really is great, a great benefit to be able to share this knowledge with people. Well, you know, you're doing such exceptional work in your research and your education, Charles. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show and to provide fundamental and practical tips. I think um, the other thing I want to let people know that I I am waiting to get a copy, but I've heard great reviews about your book, The Profit Guide to Good Health, and that would be a really good investment for people to get so they get more educated. So if you want to learn more, go to uh, Charles's website, which is drdrcharlesbenz, that's B-E-N-S, dot com. So much information, so many resources available for you. And as always, you know, it's about getting educated and getting empowered with this kind of knowledge for these times and for the rest of your life. So, Dr. Charles Benz, thank you so much for being with us today. You shared such great information. Uh, We're all very grateful to you and the wonderful work you're doing. Well, great. Uh, Let's not make it another 13 years, okay? (laughs) No, I think we'll we'll, we'll meet sooner than that. And, uh, again, thanks for being with us. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman. You've been listening to The Love Code. Remember, fill your week with love, peace, and harmony. Bye for now. 